You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. Good, man. I can't complain much. Just uh, trying to get my... Dude, I hate Apple TV so much. I don't know why people buy it. Uh, Trying to get the skate game on our regular TV and, you know, Wi-Fi and everything not working. So I'm trying to get it up on my laptop at the moment. Um... But other than that, I'm good. Can't complain much. Uh, how are you? How's your week been? I'm dying, but other than that, I'm okay. I feel like it's that time of year, I guess, where I'm really, really sick, and we've got a lot going on at work, so we're just trying to stay alive at this point. <laughs> I feel yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. I, I kind of a bit of the sniffles. Definitely not as bad as you. I've been hearing that you've been sick all week. Uh, something's definitely going around. My brother got sick. I got sick. Uh, I, I don't know. It was just me, you know, out all weekend last weekend in the cold, drinking a lot, not getting enough sleep, you know, finally getting some rest and then work all just caught up with me. But no, you are definitely uh, dealing with something different, I should say. Yeah, but oh well. It is what it is, so but excited to talk a little ACC championship game. It's probably the most irrelevant power five weekend. Um I mean maybe LSU Georgia's technically more irrelevant just because like there's really nothing on the line there. Cause no matter what, LSU is Probably destined for the Sugar Bowl, or yeah, the Sugar Bowl. And no matter what, Georgia's in the playoff. So maybe that's a little bit more relevant. But at the same time, we don't feature any playoff teams, and there's really nothing but an Orange Bowl bet on the line at this point. So um, nothing crazy on that front. So sounds like you got the game going, which is yeah, good. Got the game going. I apologize. <laughs> no worries, you're good. But yeah, I mean, it should be a should be interesting um, little game for us this weekend. Yeah, uh, definitely. I agree with you. I think it kind of brings up a question I've been debating in my head. You know, the playoff was just expanded, Micah, for 2024. When this topic was brought up, you know, when we kind of got bored with the same four teams and everything, I was I was debating, like, do we keep it at four? If we expand it, I think it should be eight. And, you know, the committee just decided it's going to be 12. Some of it brought up a really great point. Yeah, I should credit them. Brandon Walker um, brought up a great point that they keep saying how when you expand the playoff, games in the regular season won't matter as much anymore. And he called bullshit on that. And I 100% agree with him on this. Because that 12 and 15 seed that's playing in week 10, that's life or death right there. Like, you get that third loss, second loss, or whatever, then that's life or death. There are going to be a lot more teams in it. And if you look at conference championship weekend, after Saturday, 3 o'clock, you might as well just, you know, turn off the rest of the games because – Right now, none of them don't matter. There, there are more games into the season, later in the season, that won't matter now than they will two years from now. All the games later on are going to matter a whole lot more. So 
don't know what your take is on it, Micah. Um, I think 12 still might be a little too much. I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out. I'm the guy who just wanted to keep it at eight, you know, get your five power five conference champions in, get two at large, maybe like a Notre Dame or like the second best power five team. And then get your group of five best team. I think that's a great way to do the eight. And uh, I think it settles it. 12 might be a bit much for me, but I guess we'll see. I think it opens up other teams to really tell recruits, hey, we have a shot at making it the playoff as a 12 seed. You know, the NC States of the world, the Utahs of the world, the, you know, whoever else, Texas Tech. You have a better than average season for a program that's, you know, on the verge of something, maybe. There's hope there. So, um, what's your take on it? I mean, I... No matter what, you're going to run into situations where games don't matter, whether it's with four, whether it's with 12. It's like the argument that would be posed against Brandon Walker was, I went to Ohio State-Michigan last week, Nick. If we're in a 12-team playoff, that game actually does not matter so because he they're had, both in. He, he actually had – because someone brought it up to him. No, I know what he's going to say, and I agree. It's still a rivalry game. So right. people are still going to care. And again, it's going to determine who gets to go to the big, like who gets to be a, you know, a higher ranked team and all that stuff. I understand that. I'm not, I'm just saying though, that it's still in a way means that game does not mean anything where well, that game meant now Ohio state needs to be dialed into USC, Utah tonight to see if they even have a chance to play in the playoff. That's a good point. You do where, have your benefits and your non benefits. And like, again, like, you know, I think my only beef with the 12, I like the 12 teams. I don't like that there's almost, a, like, I would almost rather be the five seed than the four seed. I'd rather get because you get revenue of playing a home game as the five seed against a 12 seed who you probably will beat regardless. You get another week to work out kinks. Now a team's got to sit for two weeks. Dude, I would much rather be the five than the four. And you're still going to play the four seed anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's a good so point. Like, because that 12 seed, I guess what they're saying is going to be an automatic group of five team. It's going to yeah, probably be the automatic group of five. I mean, you know, again, in a year like last year, it would have would not have been that case. But, you know, it, it would be yeah, the highest or the lowest ranked team that genuinely gets in, whether it be at large remaining or, again, either the number 12 team in the country or, again, a – 21st ranked Coastal Carolina or something like that. So, again, like, I don't, I, I like the 12. Like, I've never understood why a sport that has 131 teams only let four out of 131 compete for something. Like, I'm, I'm all pro bowl. I love the bowl games. Like, I'm so amped to go to a couple bowl games this December. But that doesn't mean that I don't see the idiocracy of not playing you know, relevant football at the end of the season. I mean, I, I love the way the FCS does it, where you you have to go on the road every single week. <laughs> and so you get to, well, again, unless you're one of the higher seeds, all the way until you get to Frisco. Now, I don't know, I don't know if I want to see that all the way through the FBS level, but it, it's really cool how, you know, pulling an upset can lead to, you know, your run continuing on. The fact that I'm wanting nothing more for Christmas than Montana to upset 
uh, North Dakota State this weekend, and that way Sanford gets the job done against southern southeastern Louisiana, and fellow SoCon team Sanford gets to host Montana in a quarterfinal game. That'd be so sick. I, you bet your sweet butt I'll be there. <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff is cool. So that kind of stuff, like, again, yeah, would have been nice. Like, I wish, I wish just the semifinals were playoff games or like the New Year Six games. Because you could justify there's six New Year's Sixes, right? Every three years, you get to host that. And then the New Year's Six still has some meaning because you just make those New Year's Six games, they're like, it, it literally just becomes the NIT, which is what it's kind of going to be anyways at this point, like bowl games, and what bowl games have kind of been anyways. Yeah. But now you've just truly accepted that it's the NIT, which the NIT is always what? Those last four out, or first four out and last four out? <laughs> yeah. So now you get to have that type of game where it's like, man, number 13, I don't know, I don't know why Missouri's on my brain, probably because they're getting roasted on social media right now, but number 13 Missouri against number 18 Kansas. Like, that game's going to be sick because there's a chance that, yeah, there are probably going to be some opt-outs, but, I mean, look at, look at the amount of people that are opting out of New Year's Six games right now anyways. <laughs> so who cares? At least now those bowl games have, and like, all it's going to do, like, you just almost make those New Year's Six games, those ones that aren't the playoff games, you make those games, you know, relevant by saying, all right, number 13 versus number 18, number 14 versus number 17, number 15 versus 16. You all play in the New Year's Six. So they're going to be competitive football games, and it's even a chance to, like, make an argument. Because, I mean, how many times have we seen, like, you know, Cincinnati had the benefit of the doubt this season of being ranked because of what they did last year, even though last year's team is 10 times better than this year's team. You know, they could go, well, hey, we were the number 13 team in the country, and we spent number 18 in the Cotton Bowl. You know, and they're going to get a little bit of a benefit of doubt rolling into next season to maybe become that 12 or 11 in the playoff. So, yeah, I'm happy that they're expanding. I have no problem with it. Anyone that I think's against it, again, like, the argument's always going to be, sure, Ohio State-Michigan loses its luster. You know, there might be some years where Alabama-Auburn loses luster. But then, A, all the championship games matter. Like, Purdue beating Michigan this weekend would mean Purdue makes the playoffs. <laughs> now it just means, oh, Purdue gets to do the same. I guess Purdue technically has to get to, get to go to the Rose Bowl at that point, which would be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, that's kind of what it would come down to. So it's just kind of like an interesting little, you know, mulligan, I guess you could say, to kind of just be like, you just never know. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm all for the expansion of it, and I have no problem with it. Just, you know, there's intricacies that I would want to fix, but there's always going to be stuff we're going to want to fix. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. This this sport has, is forever changing. It's And it's changing even faster and faster and faster with Transfer Porter, Portal, NIL, playoff expansion. Um, there, the, it, it, you hear the term that this is the greatest regular season and it has the worst playoff system. Well, playoff system gets better and better and better. Um, you know, again, I'm on the take that I think they should have done it with eight. Um, but I think when you go to 12, there's no going back. I just, I just think eight's too little, to be honest. Like, what's, the, what's really the difference between four and eight? Like, what's the difference between the number eight team in the country and the number nine team in the country? Like, at least top four, like... I guess you kind of run into that 
Clemson, Alabama that we are at right like, now. You know, like at least at least top four kind of makes sense because you're really kind of keep that you know exclusive yeah. nature to it. But like, what is it? I mean, again, there's not much difference between twelve and thirteen either. I'm not going to say that there's not. But at least with the tw- again, there like there's different rewards now. Being five through eight means you get to host a game where you have to play one extra game to, to win the title, where one through four gets the buy. So, you know, that's something that I think is intriguing. So, I mean, I, I just think doing eight would have been. I just think if you're just doing eight, you're just all you're doing is filling a temporary void till you go to twelve four years later. <laughs> yeah. So. But. Should we uh, should we uh, talk about? I guess the most. I don't know if it's the most, but because we had last year, but a surprisingly irrelevant ACC championship game, considering who the two teams are. See, the reason why I think this game is irrelevant is I think the Clemson team that trots out Charlotte tomorrow is not the Clemson team that trots out their season opener next year. Like, I mean, I know that's like, so, fifth quarter, North Carolina, we were talking about it, of course, pre-pod. He tweeted out something about this sport's a joke now or whatever, or college football's a joke, whatever it was. Um, and it, our assumption is under the transfer portal stuff. And, like, I personally don't have a problem with the transfer portal, Nick. If you want to talk about that real quick, we can. Like, I know people are like, oh, it's so bad for the sport. The way I look at it is, man, these kids are going to learn. <laughs> When they don't get picked up somewhere and the grass ain't greener on the other side, it's all going to come back to itself in a couple years. It sucks right now, but like, because one of two things is going to happen. Either it's going to create amazing parity in college football that we all fall in love with, or it's all going to go back to the mean because these kids are going to realize, huh, this because I caught the ball only 27 times as a true freshman doesn't mean I'm going to only touch the ball 27 times as a sophomore. (laughs) And if I go somewhere else, I only touch the ball less than I did my freshman year. So, these kids have to understand, the more the kids enter the portal, the more these coaches are just going to grab kids from the portal, and then they don't owe you shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I grab four receivers four different schools, whatever the kid I think is best is going to play is going to play. I don't care if I was like, yeah, well, you, you have a chance to play. Because, yeah, when I was recruiting you, I had four spots for receivers, or two, two that were going to play every single down. But you weren't one of the top two, so congratulations, man. Enjoy being the backup again <laughs> at a new school. So, you know, I'm in a UV, I'm in a pretty, I don't want to say it's exclusive, because I won't go that far, but there's a really tight-knit UVA group chat that I'm in on Twitter that features some U, former UVA players and stuff like that. And one guy, I won't say his name specifically, because I don't know if, you know, I don't think he would care to be on the record, but it's not fair to expose him if he doesn't want to be. But he said, you know, th- these kids are going to A, learn, but B, you know, like, they're going to figure out eventually, like, you know, like, the most important thing in this sport, like, he's like, if you're, what's going to happen is, the, the excuse my French, but the dumbass kids are going to be the ones that just transfer just to transfer. What's going to start to happen is, a lot of these kids are going to realize, like, for example, Brennan Armstrong's transferring from Virginia. Right. And I am not surprised by that, nor am I upset. He's a graduate. He has his University of Virginia degree. If I'm, like, Anyone that gets upset with somebody that wants to go do another two years at a different university, like, I know personally I would want my bachelor's and my master's to be from two different schools. 
So who can fault a guy like Brandon Armstrong or Sam Hartman or somebody, you know, who has multiple degrees or is going for a second degree, I should say. Like, you know, that was the thing that this gentleman said in the group chat was what he hopes to happen, what he thinks is going to start to happen is a lot of these kids will get their degree. Maybe they'll graduate in three years because, you know, a lot of times you can graduate early now with all these online courses and summer classes and all this other stuff. You get your degree in three years, and then you have the choice, because it's been three years, do I declare or do I grad transfer somewhere with about one year of eligibility left? And rightfully so. That, I'm okay with that if that's where the sport goes. I am all for a Brandon Armstrong going to Syracuse next year. I'm not saying that is where he's going, but, you know, there's, of course, rumblings there, because that's where Robert and I is. <laughs> then he goes to Syracuse next year and tears it up for the Orange. I'm fine with that. I think that's good for the sport. Like, it's not like he's going to be a Syracuse Orange man for, for 27 years. <laughs> he'll be there for a year. He'll be done. And Syracuse will be back to phase one trying to find someone new. I'm all for that. So, I, I have no issue with the transfer portal. But, like, leading back to the Clemson and North Carolina game, like, I don't think DJ Uyunglele stays. Maybe, maybe he does. I don't know. I mean, Dabo seems to love him. So, maybe there's, there's just, just, like, kind of... Let's just ride it out together. But, I mean, man, like, North Carolina feels like a lot more of a, of a true, you know, this team could be what we see next year. And, like, both teams, honestly, like, I think both teams are, like, that's the nice thing about this game, kind of what we had last year, too. Both teams are going to really care. I'm not saying that, like, we haven't had that before, but, like, again, the last time we had a normal AC championship game, so... Not the COVID year with Notre Dame and Clemson. Like, where that game obviously mattered for playoffs, but even then, Notre Dame losing still got them in. Like, when Virginia tried in against Clemson, right? Of course, Virginia cared, man, but Virginia knew that they were going to get absolutely trounced. <laughs> like, they, they, they took their win against Virginia Tech first time in 15 years and ran with it. And were very content with, all right, we're going to the Orange Bowl either way. <laughs> Where this game means Orange Bowl. I mean, it doesn't mean playoff, but it means Orange Bowl. It, and, like, again, for North Carolina, it's important because, you know, the only time North Carolina has been in the Orange Bowl in the last few years was the COVID year, so everybody kind of chalks that up as, like, a fake thing because, of course, the AC had two playoff teams that year, technically. So everyone's like, yeah, North Carolina, and, you know, it was COVID year. <laughs> Where, you know, Clemson probably needs to make the Orange Bowl because, A, I mean, I know it's crazy to say, but that's actually an improvement from last season. But, B, like, it's going to be good for Clemson because, well, again, that would put Clemson at 11-2, and two, or if they win, 11-2 and two entering the Orange Bowl. Like, a 12-2 and two season, though not what people had hoped, is still a pretty good season. <laughs> All things could, like, if that's what Clemson is falling apart to right now, <laughs> I will trade that. <laughs> Any day of the week. So, that's the only nice thing about this game. Is I think there's a, there's a, a game that, that matters. And, I mean, I think every conference championship game this weekend actually has some of that. So, I'm very thankful for that. But, that's the nice thing about the ACC game is, again, there is there's no real pressure, per se. Like, there's, I don't think there's too much pressure on either side to win this game. But there's still relevant pieces to it to make both teams want to win the game. So, makes me at least intrigued about what's going to go down in Charlotte on Saturday night.
Yeah, it, is, it is intriguing. Um, here's how I feel about the transfer portal. I there, there there isn't a whole lot of structure. Now, I'm all for guys going wherever they want. If you think the grass is greener somewhere, if you think you could get more playing time somewhere else, maybe at a smaller school, maybe you made a mistake and you know you're really down the depth chart at the big time program that you're at and you want to show off what you can do on the playing field earlier and sooner, I think you have every right to. I mean, if coaches can pick up and go, I think players can too. Um, oh, my God. NC State is pissing me off right now. Um, I think you, you they should be able to as well. So, look, it's a dog-eat-dog dog world. And I don't know why – fifth quarter North Carolina, if that's what he's talking about, the transfer portal, I don't get why North Carolina would be complaining about that because you have one of the biggest brands in all of college sports. You can pick up anybody you want based on what kind of money you can give them. You know, um, you can fill the void very easily than most other teams can. You're not a college football brand, but you're a college sports brand. And that's what really matters when it, you break it down. North Carolina is in one of those rare uh, brackets where they're the college sports brand. Um, so, I mean, I'm indifferent. I, re- I honestly don't care. It's the new world we're living in. I've kind of learned within the last two years with di- with – uh, conference realignment and playoff expansion, NIL deals. This sport is forever changing. One that, lo- that loves the, um, that loves, oh my God, sorry. <laughs> I should stop watching this game. I'm not the one who really loves the conference realignment because I, I don't know, I'm a geographical mind, and I don't think USC, UCLA really fits the Big Ten at all. I don't think Texas, Oklahoma really fits the SEC. But we're going to see how it plays out, and it can be very exciting. You've got to look at what can be exciting when this sport changes a lot. So, I don't know. To me, I I don't really care. I, I don't care if you're a player you want to transfer I mean, it's going to suck when players transfer out of NC State. I totally get it. Um, You know, last year we had a big-time quarterback prospect who was a freshman, um, a true freshman, and Aaron Aaron McLaughlin, and he transferred to Jacksonville State, an FCS school. And he started right away, I think. If you want to go do that, go do that. Go make yourself successful. So it's going to happen to every program. And every program is going to benefit from it, too. It's it's a balance of power. So we'll see how it plays. Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, I'd, you can get all upset about the transfer portal. You can get mad about NIL. Again, it's all going to – I think it's all going to come back around. I mean, I think we have a lot of guys entering the portal right now because they're like, oh, I can get more playing time or I can get paid more here. I can this or that or whatever. And they're going to realize, like – 
holy crap, maybe. Like, again, last year, what, I think it was 36% of players that entered the portal got placed. Like, I mean, I'm sure, like, the amount of this year, there might be more spots to fill. But, like, you know, again, like, <laughs> there are still recruits. Coaches will, will still be, like, Dave Clawson's not going to go run the portal. <laughs> He's going to still get your freshmen in high school, redshirt them, and do it his way. So, again, no big deal. I'm not even going to really sweat about it. But, I mean, Nick, what's your uh, what's your expectation for, for North Carolina Clemson this week? Because, you know, again, we can we can deep dive this game all we want, but I really don't see the, the point of going too deep into it. I mean, again, I'm trying to fight this gnarly cold, so I don't really need to spend too much time talking about it. But, I mean, this game has a lot of unknowns, in my opinion, just because the motivational factors should be there for both teams. But it doesn't mean they're going to be. I mean, North Carolina is riding a two-game losing streak and going from dark horse of the playoff to, you know, getting embarrassed by their rival like the way they did where, let's be real, they should have just won that game. (laughs) Same thing with Georgia Tech. And then, you know, of course, you factor in Clemson, who, you know, had the playoff. Like, they had everything they needed to have happen, happen, except for this thing called beat South Carolina. Um, So, you know, they let that one slip away from them. So, you know, I think both teams will be motivated, but I mean, I, what is your expectation with this one? Uh, let's see. It's Clemson minus seven and a half. Um, you know, both quarterbacks are kind of struggling as of late. Um, it's... It's going to be a tough one to predict. I mean, I think Clemson's going to win. I think Clemson has the more, more talent. I th- I mean, we saw what happened to UNC when they play a real defense. And Clemson, debatably, has a better defense than NC State does. Um, I, they're full of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I know they got exposed by South Carolina and Spencer Rattler, but you know, I like to believe that South Carolina has been really the giant killer the last two weeks, and Shane Beamer has been building something the last two years for sure. I mean, there's no question about it that he's been building something, um, and that South Carolina is going to be a real problem in the East uh, in a year or two. So I feel like it's going to be a defensive game. I think it's going to be low scoring. It might it might get ugly. Um, I think North Carolina has the better quarterback, but again, Clemson has the better defense. And we saw what again. I'm repeating myself, but we saw what happens when North Carolina plays a real defense. So I think it's close. I think I think Clemson does win by a touchdown. I think it is truly by seven points. Uh, so UNC covers. Um, they got to, if I'm North Carolina, I got to figure out something. I do because that's you, you, your defense really, really, really needs to really needs to step up because you know, as much as I want to criticize DJ and I think he's not the better quarterback in this game, that defense of North Carolina was just exposed by a fourth string quarterback last week and a second string quarterback the week before. So I don't know. I like I like it to be a close, ugly game. 
Yeah, I think I, I'm very similar. I think with the hook is the key right here. I mean, I would say seven for Clemson. But I will say I'm cheering for North Carolina, Nick. There's no better way to send off the Coastal than back-to-back ACC championships. Um, also, I would much rather see North Carolina play either Tennessee or Ohio State in the Orange Bowl. Um, that would be a chef's kiss. So, um, no disrespect to Clemson, but I would much rather see absolutely no defense. Very similar to, honestly, what we saw with Virginia and Florida in 2019 at the Orange Bowl, where and that game was just bonkers offensively. <laughs> it was first team to get a stop wins the game. So, you know, for that reason alone, selfishly, I want North Carolina to win. But this, this screams like 38-31, 35-28, somewhere in that ballpark. You know, Clemson wins because they are, they are the better team. I mean, North, like, again, I, it's frustrating because I genuinely think that Duke is a better football team than North Carolina currently. Um, but, again, that's where we are. So, I mean, Nick, that's all I've got. Do we want to quickly recap the ACC Big Ten Challenge? Do we want to wait till Sunday? Um, what, what are you thinking? Um, up to you, man. You're the one that's a little sick. I mean, I'm down if you are. Um, Might get some time to, to go over it real quick. I mean, we won't deep dive it too much, but I can at least, you know, go over a little bit. The ACC wins the final um, year of the Big Ten ACC Challenge, thanks to wins from Pitt, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Clemson, let's see, Wake, make sure I don't miss a team here, Duke, Miami, Notre Dame, and that's it. Um, Nick, you texted me on Wednesday, I believe, um, saying, does the ACC suck? I don't think so. I think that we have some bad teams, but are we really, like, again, like, the Big Ten is supposed to be a pretty good conference, and here we are winning that challenge, and arguably one of our better teams didn't even participate in the tournament with your Wolfpack. Yeah. So, you know, change that out, even it back up. Who knows? It's maybe instead of an 8-6 win, you know, it's 9-5. to five. And, like, I mean, let's just be real. Like, the ACC matchups were pretty lopsided. I mean, Notre Dame spanked Miss, uh, Michigan State, who was actually, like, you know, Michigan State was the favorite entering that game. Um, you know, Florida State-Purdue was supposed to be a good game entering the season, but, God, that was not supposed to be close at all. They can't be Florida State even covered. I mean, Boston College got stuck with Nebraska. <coughs> with both teams not being great, but... I mean, let's be real. That's not a super fair matchup. Louisville got Maryland. Like, that made no sense. So, Syracuse getting a top 15 Illinois. You know, Georgia Tech getting Iowa. So, there were some games that, you know. And, again, like, our, arguably our bottom bottom team. Maybe you can argue that Boston College is worse than Pitt currently with the injuries. But, you know, Pitt's kind of the expectation to be the worst team in the conference. And they beat the worst team in the Big Ten by 30-some points or – 29 points on their home court. So, you know, our bottom might not be great. We're not the ACC of old that probably has, or you know, 10 NCAA tournament, like, you know, bubble teams and or in teams. But this is still a pretty deep conference. I mean, Virginia has shown that they're pretty good this season. You know, North Carolina is was overhyped for sure. 
I don't think they're a bad basketball team, though. Duke has, you know, they're, they're having their struggles first year without Coach K, but again, that's still a good basketball team. And there's a lot of parity in college basketball this year. So I'm not even going to, like, pretend, like, oh, man, like, this is the sky is falling. You know, there's some teams in this tournament that, or I mean, not the tournament, but in, in college basketball right now that, you know, are off to some slower starts. I mean, you look at the top 25, like, Houston, Texas, Virginia are your top three. Like, Creighton's number seven. Like, what? <laughs> you know, that's a, a weird top 25. I mean, sure, like, the SEC, the Big Ten, you know, the ACC are all up there in terms of numbers. Like, are we the best conference in college basketball? Probably not. But do we suck? No. I mean, again, like, looking at receiving votes and ranked teams, we've got, like, eight or nine teams. So, I think at the end of the day, the Big Ten AC Challenge, like, could it have gone better? Sure. But I, honestly, if you would have asked me to predict, like, the final outcome, I would have said 8-6 ACC. I would have gotten some games wrong because I would have definitely, you know, probably picked Minnesota. Or Minnesota between Tech, excuse me. I would have picked Michigan State to go to Notre Dame and get the job done. I would have, you know, picked a... Uh, you know, North Carolina to get it done in Indiana, you know, may have picked, North, picked Northwestern to beat, you know, Pitt, but then flipped it with, you know, maybe a, a Georgia Tech-Iowa win or something, or maybe, again, Wisconsin-Wake, like, I think Wisconsin-Wake was the perfect bar for where the ACC is, because I think that was our two perfect middle-of-the-path, like, NCAA tournament bubble teams in both respective conferences, going head-to-head, and the ACT team went on the road in a hostile environment and got it done. So I think that should be the bar ACT fans should look at and go, sure, it's not like, you know, the powerhouse ACC of a few years ago, but this is still a good conference. Yeah, I think I kind of overreacted a little bit when I sent you that text because I think it was in the middle of the last slate of the ACC Big Ten, and we were just, like, losing – Nick's, Nick's, inner, Nick's inner North Carolina Tar Heel was coming out because he was getting mad at his, his beloved Tar Heels for, for just choking away that game against Indiana. Oh, yeah. Definitely I was. Um, no, but I think that last late um, yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was, uh, I think we won three of the four or four of the five on the last night, something like that. Uh, I could be wrong, but we no. got – I think On the last night, we went three and three. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, I'm think, maybe I'm thinking about whatever Wake played. I don't remember. But anyways, yeah, it's it's a weird conference this year. I think last year, this time this season, we thought, oh, this is this is not good. Um, I think there are definitely some term, more tournament bubble teams um, going into this year, and where we're where, where we sit right now on December second. I think. Wake is definitely a term, tournament bubble team. Virginia Tech, NC State, Miami. Um, hell, even Clemson, maybe. Um, so we'll see. I think it's weird that, you know, the the, the three teams that we kind of look at that year in, year out, finish middle of the top or almost at the top are the three bottom teams in Syracuse, Florida State and Louisville. 
I mean, Louisville, I, I, I'm shocked. They're 0-7. They, they, they haven't even played a true road game yet, and they still don't have a win. Florida State's 1-8. That's pretty pathetic. And Syracuse, you know, they had a, another FCS team or, you know, uh, whatever that just beat them again. Um, I forgot who it was. I think it was Bryant. Uh, beat them. You know, I, I, you have to – Syracuse is a big hey, – that's, 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 that's NCAA tournament, Bryant, to you. That's true, but, you know, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. it, it is NCAA tournament, Bryant. Well, yeah, see, I, I, I think the, the problem with Syracuse is not even so much that they lost that game. I mean, that, that, that is in, in its own frustrating. But, dude, they were embarrassed in Champaign. I mean, absolutely embarrassed. Yeah, I know. Like, they're not even competitive. That That's the problem for me with Syracuse. It's not even that, like – Oh yeah, they they had a stinker against Colgate, or you know they had a stinker against Bryant. But hey, I mean at least they beat I don't know the sort of teams. Oh, they beat a, a a top team in the Mac and Buffalo, or like you know like you can kind of like go ah oh, well you know they're it's, it is Syracuse. They're they're kind of like Virginia. They're always due for a stinker or two every single season. But like this year, the way, yeah, the way they got destroyed. I I read an article. I think it was on Wednesday. That kind of got my blood boiling, but it, it, to a point, made sense. It was, did Jim Beheim like, has Jim Beheim buried the Syracuse basketball program? I would say you cannot blame Jim, you can't say that about Jim Beheim, even if it is, like, currently looking somewhat true, because what he has done at Syracuse when he was winning was more than most. Um, but at the same time, like, it, it might be, uh, <laughs> I know this is not the same as David Cutcliffe and Duke, but it's kind of giving off the same vibe. Maybe more of a, a Bobby Bowden and Florida State kind of thing. Like, maybe it's time to, you know, start looking at the, hey, we're not going to make you, or we're not going to fire you, but what's your thoughts on just stepping down, retiring, you know? Like, you've had a good run because, you know, he's done too much for this program to justify probably firing him, but... You know, if this season continues on the track it's currently on and based off the last few seasons, you know, since 2018 when they knocked out Virginia in the Elite Eight, or, no, sorry, 2017. 18 was the good old UMBC game. But 2017 or 16, I can't keep track. I mean, it's been now. But, like, since that run to the Final Four, like, this program has steadily started to decline. (laughs) And, you know, if this season becomes an embarrassment, then it is really time to look in the mirror because, yes, it's struggling right now, but I won't put it past Syracuse to be a top-six team in the conference if they figure it out. Now, again, the big question is, will they? <laughs> and right now I lean no, but I'm not, like, saying, oh, Syracuse is toast, where there are definitely people and experts included that are like, this team is trash. And, and so far, what they've shown on the court justifies that, that statement. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's starting to become time for Jim Beheim in Syracuse. Um, you know, Syracuse, ever since they really joined the ACC, they have been that team that you have expectations for, barely make the tournament, and then they go on this tournament run. Um, last year that didn't happen, and this year has looked like to be a stinker. Um yeah, I I think it's time. I think I'm calling it right now that after this season, I think Jim Beheim might just step down. Um, I I don't see, 
I don't think, you know, the AD of Syracuse or Syracuse University will even have to try and go up to him. I think he will just do it on his own. I think he's a smart enough guy to realize that the time has come. You know, both my sons are out of this program anyway. Um, yeah, I I think it, it, it's time for um, for Jim Beheim to take a seat for sure. But um, – no, basketball, it's been it's been an interesting start, I think, for sure. Uh, we haven't talked a lot about your Hoos, uh, Micah. They are they're on fire. They they're number three in the country. Um I mean they they beat number six Baylor. They took care of business against Illinois. They're they're beating these big time teams. They went on the road, got a good win against Michigan. Um, they're, they're handling business and they got number one, Houston coming up on the 17th. Uh, this out of conference schedule is really shaping up to be like Virginia could be the best team in the country. Um, give me a little spiel on how you're feeling about your Virginia Cavs. Well, Nick, I don't want to be rude. I do want to save that conversation for Sunday. Okay. Um, I want to talk a little more. AC. I, I want because if we're going to start this conversation, then we need to start having a full conversation about the rest of the ACC as well. Uh, and I don't have the energy for that. Um, unfortunately, listeners, I'm sorry in advance. I will say I'm very happy with obviously how the Who's are playing. Um, this team has shown like the leadership on this team is phenomenal. Um, I don't think this team like a lot of Virginia fans like oh this team will win the national title. I'm not. I'm not on board just yet for that. Um, but I, and especially this year in college basketball, there's a lot more parity. So I won't rule it out either. Um, but you know, I, I'm very happy with how things are going. But you know, again, like cause I, I would want to talk about Virginia, but then I'd also love to talk about. You know, I think NC State's been off to a pretty good start. I mean, minus right now, trailing Pitt at the half. So again, we save that conversation for for another day. You know, hopefully NC State rallies for your, for your sake, Nick. Uh, and you don't have a, a bad loss to pit to open the ACC slate. But, because you know, again, ACC basketball does kick, or t- kick, geez, tip off this weekend. So, you know, we'll get a real opportunity to, you know, you know, a little bit of an idea. Like, again, like Virginia hosts Florida State this weekend. Virginia should take care of business against Florida State, right? But that does that mean it's actually going to just be like, you know, just a cakewalk? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> That's kind of how it seems to work, especially Virginia and Florida State. So, um, you know, I, I kind of want to wait till Sunday evening, talk about, you know, the bowls that are coming out for the ACC. And obviously we won't preview them, but at least talk about them. Talk about, you know, the first week of ACC basketball. I just wanted to simply address the Big Ten ACC Challenge because, A, we won to suck at Big Ten. But, B, you know... Just because it is relevant, and it was a shorter podcast, but I mean, we're already on 45 minutes, and I can tell you right now, my uh, my chest is kind of on fire at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, so. that, sounds like, that definitely sounds like a plan. I'm definitely excited to break down more basketball, and uh, honestly, on Sunday, we're going to see the final playoff reveal, so a lot's going to happen between now and then. So. Yeah, and Nick, before we go, I do, because I, I know, like, Yes, we can talk. It's an AC podcast, but this is our last week of football. I mean, minus the Bulls, of course. It is, yes. What, what is your top four? I, I, what, what is happening on Sunday? Not what, what it is like going into the weekend. What, how does 
how does Sunday play out? Who is your top? If you want to say top five, just to make things interesting, you can. But I mean, do you think it's just the, the four we have currently? Does USC get it done tonight against Utah, which just kicked off here about a minute ago in Vegas? Or you know, what, what's your top four? Um. Okay. So I love how the four is right now, and I hope it stays like that. So I'm hoping that both USC and TCU win. Um, but I also think that if TCU loses by less than 10 points, I think they just only drop down one spot, and I still think they make it. Um, so I'm leaning towards everybody is in and that's in right now. Um, I think USC will pull this game out. I, I think avenging that loss would be great. So um, <coughs> I think we will more than likely not in the order we see it, maybe, but more than likely we will have the four that are in right now in any order you want. Well, what's the order? I, I want so, your order. I feel like I feel like both teams are going to win, USC and TCU. So I think it's going to stay the same. Um, I think it's going to be Georgia one, Michigan two, TCU three, USC four. Um, the one team that I'm kind of thinking that might lose will be TCU. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just dropped down one spot if they were to lose and they would still be in. Um, but I'm going to stick with the four that's there right now. I think it plays out. What about you? I think there's a reason why Alabama is still alive. I don't think they get in, but I'm just saying, I think there's this is so here's my thing. So first off, this championship weekend in terms of the power five, I think is the the best it's been, especially in the playoff era, because there are so many like each game has a storyline within a storyline. USC needs to win to make the playoffs, but also like they're playing the one team that beat them this season. Right. TCU is undefeated playing a Kansas State team that has been chomping at the bit to get another shot at this TCU team because their third-string quarterback barely lost that game in Fort Worth. Right. You know, Michigan and Purdue, like, in terms of that game itself, storyline, not that important. But I don't know if you know this, Nick, but Aiden O'Connell, quarterback at Purdue, just lost his brother within the last week and a half. Purdue's playing in the Big Ten Championship for the first time. I don't know if you know how close West Lafayette is to Indianapolis, but it's not far, man. (laughs) Half the fans that go to the home games at Purdue probably come from the Indy area. Right. So, you know, it's going to be an even-league-based crowd. Oh, by the way, (laughs) Purdue's record against the number two-ranked team in the country um, in the AP poll in the last, like, ten years is, like, seven and three or some crazy number like that. So I don't know if it's actually that much, but like it's like it's a winning percentage, and it's like shocking how good it is. So there's that intrigue to the game. Um, obviously, LSU has is three and one against Georgia in the SEC championship game all time. You know, there's a lot of intriguing storylines that like even though you go, oh, Georgia's the better team, Michigan's the better team, TCU's the better team, like USC's the better team. There are storylines that go well. History says. Maybe you pump the brakes a little bit. So, you know, there is a lot of intrigue. I do think Purdue beats Michigan. I think that... Really? The only reason why I think that is is because last year, Michigan, when they played Iowa, there was an actual, like, you can't sleepwalk Iowa. I mean, think about it. Iowa was on the verge of the playoff 
pretty much till the second to last week of the season when Purdue knocked them off in October, and then Iowa lost again in, in late November. So, like, you know, Iowa was always kind of in that, like, <laughs> conversation of being a good football team. Like, this is the first time, and I think they were saying seven years, that a Power 5 championship has not featured a ranked, like, a full-on ranked-on-ranked matchup. Like, I was shocked that Purdue did not get ranked in the CFP poll over NC State just for the sake of storyline. <laughs> right. So, you know, there, and I think I'm a big believer in those, you know, moral stories, like, you know, the whole thing with Aiden O'Connell, like, and I don't think it matters if Michigan loses. <laughs> like, I, mean, I think there's a world where, where Kansas State beats TCU, Utah beats USC again. Heck, even if they don't, we'll just say Utah, you know, like USC beats Utah. Like basically, every team revenges the loss and or the up, underdog happens. So, you know, the Clemson thing, or not the Clemson thing, the, you know, LSU beats Georgia. You probably still have the same top four except maybe USC moves up to, like, number two now. <laughs> but there really isn't too much change on that front. So, you know, it, it's it's crazy to think about all of that. But, you know, again, I, I kind of lean one being Georgia, <laughs> two being Michigan, three being TCU, and just for fun, We'll say Ohio State for <laughs> just because I think USC could lose to Utah again. I don't think it's as likely, but still. So, <laughs> but that's all I've got, Nick. But yeah, that's about all I got too. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I'm excited for tomorrow. Excited for tonight. Can't wait to watch the USC game. I'm hoping my pack pull this game out because this is just some sloppy ass basketball I'm watching. Like this is terrible. I'm sure. I'm sure it's pretty bad. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's not good right now. So we need a miracle at this point, the way we're playing. I mean, you're only down what five. So, uh, seven. <laughs> so oh, well hit three threes. You'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> breaking news. Jacob DeGrom just signed five years, 185 to the Rangers. Yeah. I almost said something about that, but I was like, eh, Oh, wow. That just popped up on my screen. Okay, we won't get carried away into that. But that's about it. Um, yeah, man, I can't wait for this weekend. It should be fun. Um, I, I think the crowd's going to be packed at the ACC championship game. Uh, it won't be like last year for sure. Uh, it should be a sold-out crowd, I think. Uh, two, two passionate fan bases, I believe. Uh, well, I think it'll be a better crowd than last year, but I don't think it'll be sold out. Time fan base in general, um, so should be fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll be sold out, but it'll, it'll be better than last year for sure. Yeah, I think so. But all right, Nick. Well, appreciate it as always. Thank you everyone for listening. Looking forward to a good conversation on Sunday. And as always, it means just a little bit less here in AC country and go ACC.